It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Hey, happy Festivus, everyone. Happy Festivus, indeed. I thought we'd celebrate one of the greatest made-up holidays you've ever heard on a sitcom here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you for joining me today. For this Festivus episode, where there will be airing of grievances and maybe even a feat of strength as well. Got lots to talk about with what the Reds are doing this offseason. A couple of moves that they've made here recently. Don't worry, they haven't signed a shortstop yet. Although maybe that is reason to worry. I don't know. We're going to get into all of that here. In just a moment, also want to talk about Jose De Leon and the performances that he's putting on in the winter leagues right now. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the mini podcasting platforms. Tomorrow's episode is going to be the top five dead ball era pitchers with Cam Miller. He returns for a Christmas Eve special. But today we're talking about Festivus. So there's only one way to get that started. Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. Especially when we're talking about the Reds. Okay, yeah, I was trying to match his energy there. That's really hard to do. But when we look at what the Reds are doing this offseason, where are we going? What is the plan? We've talked about this a couple of times already this offseason because it seems like the plan If you really look at what's going on, the big picture, the things that have been done, the rumors that are out there about everybody, rumors have now cropped up about Mike Moustakis possibly being traded. It looks like the only plan is to cut payroll. I don't get that. That makes no sense to me. The plan should be to win games. They were close to doing that. In fact, they had a winning record in last year's regular season. The two playoff losses really brought it back to 500, but that's beside the point. They had a winning regular season record. They were on the precipice of serious contention, and they decided that it was more important to cut payroll. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why they think that is necessary. All teams in Major League Baseball are crying poor about this whole coronavirus thing, but the people that run their franchises have the money to do it. If you run a sports franchise, your goal should be to win. 
Your goal should not to be explain how you can't win, which is what we've been hearing for so many years, pretty much my entire life. There's been a couple of great little entrances into the postseason, but not really any advancements since 1995. So what are we talking about here? That's my main grievance with what's going on this offseason. The only rumors that we've heard is who's leaving. I mean, we, we hear some national pundits talking about, well, the Reds would be a really good fit for D.D. Gregorius, or Marcus Simeon would look really good in a Reds uniform. But we're not hearing it from the Reds beat writers. We're hearing, yeah, well, maybe they'll make a move. Maybe they'll add somebody. Maybe they'll do this. So far, the only adding that they've done has been of the non-roster invitee variety. They're going to bring them to spring training and see what they got. Lottery ticket guys. Guys that they were signing back in 2016 and 2017 and 2018. And we remember how those seasons went. But as we have done so much this offseason, we're focusing on the moves that the Reds make to either bring in people or send people away, all this other stuff. For a moment, for these Aryan of grievances, let's look at the players on the roster. Why the hell can't Shogo play every single day? I'm tired of this. Again, we're airing grievances here, folks. Shogo needs to play every day, especially when you see his statistics at the end of September. Dude was on fire, getting on base 45% of the time. I don't want to hear about this. Well, he's in line to get a lot of playing time stuff like David Bell said. David Bell says that about everybody. David Bell says that about every single platoon guy. I'm pretty sure he said that about Aristides Aquino. And Aristides Aquino did not get a whole lot of a bats last season. So I don't want Shogo in this realm of yes, he can totally share the outfield. He can share at bats. He needs to be getting every day at bats. And they need to be from the leadoff position. Okay, the next airing of grievance. This one is really just it, 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 it grinds at me. Why on earth is Nick Senzel stuck in center field? Okay. I get it. He's athletic. He can play center field. That's all well and good. But the dude profiled as a elite. We're not talking about good. We're not talking about great elite defender at second base. And there's lots of finagling that can be done with that. You can move Mike Moustakis to first base. Fingers crossed that you can move Joey Votto to the designated hitter position or something of that nature. Create a timeshare there. Nixon Zell needs to be utilized in the best possible way. He's been learning center field, and I know that that's a great position to have elite talent at, but I don't think he's ever going to be elite out there. And it could also be a boon to his health, something that we have constant questions about, not necessarily because he keeps re-injuring the same thing, but it seems like the man is just unlucky. Maybe you put him in the infield where he doesn't have to run all around the crazy outfield to try and catch a ball, I think he could stay healthier if you put him in the infield. I don't know. Just don't limit him to a position that you had to slot him in because you didn't have guys on the roster when you called him up. Now you got guys. Shogo can play center field. No problem about it. I mean, I have no doubts about that. We once stuck Shinsu Chu in center field. You can stick anybody out there because Shinsu Chu was not that great a fielder. We once stuck Jesse Winker in center field. Mm -hmm. Put Shogo out there. That's a way to get him everyday playing time, lead off at bats. Nick Senzel can move around. He can be our Ben Zobrist, if you will. That, that would totally fit. 
I don't understand why they got to shoehorn the guy, and hopefully he can stay healthy for an entire season. I lost my train of thought. All right, that's enough of me hollering at you for a minute. Coming up, we got more Festivus, and I want to talk about Jose De Leon. But before we get into that, now is the best time to crack open a built bar. I'm talking about amazing flavors like cookies and cream, chocolate, peanut butter. They've even got banana nut bread, all kinds of fruit flavors, and of course, my favorite, cherry bar C. You can trust me, I'm not going to steer you wrong when it comes to snack food, and built bar is the upper echelon of snack food. Amazing taste, and it's good for you too. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I've always said that. And they've also got great statistics, 4 grams of fat, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Very low in calories as well. Other snacks will leave you feeling regret because you're putting in all this work and then all of a sudden, bam, you eat a bag of potato chips. Not so with Built Bar. It'll leave you feeling satisfied like you just had a really good snack and healthy for you as well. Head over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code Locked On. Also, if you're like me and you like to wager on a little bit of sports, maybe make a couple of bucks as well, head on over to BetOnline.ag. They've got an amazingly easy-to-use interface when it comes to finding exactly what it is you want to wager on, like Christmas Day football action, Minnesota and New Orleans. You got the Vikings and the Saints. Vikings right now plus seven and a half. That's an interesting line. I might watch and see how that moves with the interesting return of Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and how that all worked out against the Chiefs this last week. It'll be an interesting game to look at. You've also got Christmas Day basketball, all kinds of great lines there as well. And if you like to get on the bowl action, plenty to choose from as well. BetOnline.ag has all of the best lines, and you can check them out with the promo code Locked On to get a 50% deposit bonus when you open your account. That's BetOnline.ag and the promo code Locked On for a 50% opening deposit bonus. Check them out today. The official sports gambling sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And now as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. This was planned to be a arm wrestle between me and Michael Lorenzen. However, Michael never returned my calls. I, I, I don't really know why. Although they they always say never fight below your weight class. And, well, um, I, I'm actually probably bigger as far as weight is concerned. But uh, I'm pretty sure talent-wise he'd be fighting way down. So I can see why. And it'd be a really quick fight, too. I mean, this uh, we'd have to fill a lot more time if we're talking about an arm wrestle, but that would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, no no arm wrestle with Michael Lorenzen, but speaking of feats of strength, Jose De Leon has been putting on a clinic in the Puerto Rican Winter League. In his last two starts, he has a combined 10 innings. He pitched five innings in each of them and combined 19 strikeouts. That's right, only 11 outs. Otherwise, that were not strikeouts. Because if you think about, okay, so five innings, he's got to get 15 outs. So 30 outs, 19 strikeouts. Yeah, he's been that good. And one of the things you might remember from Jose De Leon in 2020 is that he kind of struggled with his control a little bit. And it's interesting to note that this is not a scenario where he's facing a lot of really swing-happy guys, guys who have bad looks at the strike zone. 
he's just pitching really, really well. Head over to redlegnation.com and check out Doug Gray's write-up about Jose De Leon. He's got a lot of great stats. De Leon's looked really good in Puerto Rico. And we're talking about the fifth rotation spot for the Reds in 2021. And honestly, the chances are they are going to need more than five pitchers. So to know that you've got some options there, and it's not as if we're saying that there's a favorite. If you had a gun to my head and you were like, who's the favorite to get the five starter spot? I'm probably thinking Michael Lorenzen's got a leg up on everybody right now. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Reds are trying to figure out, is he more valuable as a starter or is he more valuable in the bullpen? Honestly, in a, you know, unbiased, objective point of view. Starters are always more valuable than relievers. Hopefully they're thinking that. I, I don't know what they would think that would make them think a reliever is more valuable than a starter. But that being said, Jose de Leon is throwing his hat into the ring in this fight. And I'm, I'd be interested to see how he pitches in spring training because right now he is just absolutely murdering it. He only gave up one hit in his last start of five innings, and he only had two walks as well. Three base runners, seven strikeouts in five innings. Pretty solid day for a guy vying for a rotation spot with the Reds. Speaking of pitchers, the Reds added two guys. I had mentioned earlier that they are non-roster invitees to spring training, kind of signed on minor league deals. Josh Osich, it's hard to say, Josh Osich and Matt Ball. Now, they're a little bit different, the two of them. Josh Oshitz had Josh Osh bleh. Josh has lots of pitching in the major leagues. In fact, he's been in the majors for a while, over six seasons, plenty of time to see. He's got over a five ERA. So he's kind of a project guy still. He's 32 years old. Matt Ball, on the other hand, is 26 years old. And as recently as last year, was ranked in the top 30 of Los Angeles Angels prospects. He was their number 28 prospect, and the Reds got him for basically nothing. So maybe these are, I mean, when you look at these guys, their stats and different things on what they've done in the minors and obviously what Osich has done in the majors as well, nothing like too crazy. It's not like we're looking at guys that are just going to jump off the page at you. I mean, they were made available by their teams, whether it be they declined um, a assignment to the minor leagues and they wanted to be a free agent or what have you. So there's a reason that they were available. However, this is adding to the kind of treasure chest that Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie and Eric Jagers now have to work with. Guys that They've got something. They've got like a baseline that they can work with. Joss Osich, I'm never going to be able to say that guy's name right. Osich at one time, he's a left-handed pitcher, at one time had a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Last season, his average fastball velocity had dropped significantly, though. It was down to 92.7. So there's lots of work to be had there with him, but maybe he can regain that, and then that would be very valuable for the Reds as a nice lefty coming out of the bullpen. But these are all guys that continue to get added to this treasure chest of project pitchers, guys that Kyle Bodie and the driveline fellas can fix, can work with, can make better, and maybe give extreme value to the Reds. So that's something to look at here. Now, the thing that worries me is there's been a lot of these so far this offseason. 
You, you've had you know trades for Jeff Hoffman and for Noe Ramirez, which was the salary dump of Rysel Iglesias, and you've had these guys that are getting brought in along with Bo Takahashi and guys like that. So it's like, uh, all right, are we loading up on a bunch of project players and are we going to trade guys? Because I really hope that's not the case. Because the Reds have a very good pitching staff still, even with the departures that they had. It's not as as scary good as they were last season, but they're still pretty solid. But if they think they're going to replace the entire pitching staff with these project players, I really hope that's not the case. However, there's still plenty of time left. And this is the one thing that I keep reminding myself as I do my overreactions to every rumor and every transaction that I see about the Reds on a daily basis. There's still plenty of offseason left. It's not even Christmas Day yet. Well, depending on when you listen to this, it might be, but it might be Christmas Eve, whatever. There's still lots of offseason left to go, and, you know, God forbid they might even push it back a little bit. Hopefully not. There's not really anything concrete in that area. But yes, it's still early. The Reds can still make moves and right this ship and convince all of us fans who are on the ledge to come back off the ledge, namely... Go out and get a shortstop. So hopefully we'll see that. Hopefully the Reds will send Reds country a Christmas present in that way. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Festivus edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Tomorrow, Cam Miller joins me again. We're talking dead ball era, looking at the top five pitchers of the dead ball era. You can bet there's probably a 1919 pitcher on there, but there's some other guys that you may not have heard of. You're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. And the best way to not miss any podcast is to subscribe to the Lockdown Reds podcast wherever you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone. We'll do a little bit of listener mail here next week. So get them in for the Jeff's Junk Mail segment. 513-549-0159. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. I hope you have a great Festivus, and I hope you have a great Christmas as well. I will talk to you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.